Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking league winners. We each pick three guys who we consider to be league winners in 2019. And, well, this really can be like, I mean, the, the definition of this can be all over the place, can it, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I struggled with this one. When when we brought it up, the idea it sounds really, really nice, but I, I have a feeling that everyone immediately thinks these are the three people that you absolutely have to draft. And I feel like each one will come with like an explanation. Yeah. And I mean, we could just go say, oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley, league winner, right? That kind <laughs> right. of thing. But no, I'm not going that way. But it's more of based on where guys are going, what I could see happening. Um, I mean, because if you look at 2018, you could there's a few different guys you could say were league winner type. I mean, you could say even Christian McCaffrey at the higher end, which he was what very end of the second, beginning of the third round. You could probably go James Conner in a way until he got hurt. You know, he would have been a good candidate for that. Players like that, Nick Chubb, I even could say would be a guy that could be almost a player like that from last year. If you you know something something like that, and so I don't know where we're gonna go here. I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to get on your list. So let's go three to one, Jeff. What's your first one? <laughs> All right. So with the explanation, uh, the people I picked, anytime I think of league winners, at least in my mind, I-, I think about the guys that don't necessarily have to come up and play very well right away. It's the guys that you can, or you almost can get them off waivers. You're going to find them. I'm almost picking the guys that I feel will have a bigger impact the second half of the season because early on, I don't want to reach too much um, as far as assuming something is going to happen. Um, But my number three in saying that, and it sounds very, very strange, but this one is kind of uh, the, the late one. You can put them on your bench now. You might be able to get them off waivers. But I think that along the season, he will play a bigger, bigger role. I really think that DK Metcalf, even though he's a rookie, has a real chance at being the difference maker on a team. And it it sounds weird. I know that he's not a crisp route runner yet. He has a lot of things to improve in. But right now, all you're hearing is good things, which obviously you should. But he's the only game in town besides for Lockett. And I can see that out of necessity, they will have to throw him the ball a ton. And this guy will be a starting wide receiver at the end of the year for your fantasy team. And even even more so is he's such a freak physically. The fact that if you put him out there, and even if he can't run the perfect hitch route, even if he can't, you know, use his hands to get separation every single play out there, I think that he will be able to just raw out talent wise, be able to either muscle it a CB, run by him, do whatever he has to do, and he will put up numbers that far exceed where he's at as a football player right now. So that is why I think DK Metcalf really has that opportunity because of where he landed. He landed in the absolutely perfect position for a wide receiver um, with his skill set right now. And do you actually think that injury he has right now is actually going to almost help how you have to draft him? Oh, yeah, without like, a I doubt. Could, I mean, you have, I, he might be the only rookie right now. There, I mean, 
he, he's not doing himself any favors in the preseason right now. People are not drafting him. I'm I'm getting him at nearly the last pick of every draft. And, you know, I, I do I miss out on him a few times. Obviously, we, we've had a ton of drafts. Yeah, a few times I have. But I really think that you can get him so late that this is like a no-risk situation. And this is also why, man, I can put so all my attention towards the the home run hitters if I want and then grab this guy late and he end up might being he might end up being in my my starters uh when you know mid season comes around. I I just don't know hundred percent I guess what to feel about him right now, but there's no risk to getting him. So I like picking him up in that way. I mean the, the guy the, the talent there is ridiculous. It really is. And he, I mean, I'm trying to see right now where he's actually still going. If he's even getting, shoot, he's not even like on the, um, I'm looking at this, uh, ADP right now. He's not even on the board anymore. He's on the board right now. Yeah. I have him being average draft position. Looks like he's being drafted as the 46th wide receiver right now. And he's ranked, I mean, he's ranked 59th. I'm, I'm by far his biggest fan. I think at this point. Yeah, look, he was outside of the top 100 on my side. Yeah. That's why I didn't see him. He's in the 10th round now. Yep, and it's because everyone else is kind of showing out, right? I mean, you have a lot of rookies that are are really doing well. and But he's – I mean, the, the fact is they're still battling for playing time. He's going to get it. There, I mean, there's no one else there. And heaven forbid Lockett gets hurt as well. He will have to be the number one wide receiver. And the thing I love about like why I truly do think that it's the best situation for him is because if you have no time whatsoever to get open as a wide receiver, you better be, right, you have to be Antonio Brown. You have to be one of those guys that just has technique, you know, coming out of the yin-yang. DK Metcalf playing with Russell Wilson, who can extend the play, get out of the pocket, and it's very difficult to stay with a guy that strong and that fast for even, you know, even if he's not making crisp cuts. So I really do think that this is just, happenstance by where what team he plays for it the, this year yeah and it's gonna the team if people are so down on um like russell wilson because they think well they're just a run team now they're not gonna do anything man people just they, i don't think it's gonna quite go that way i really don't they're gonna throw the ball metcalf if he's as talented as it looks he's gonna make it work you know it just like you said it's gonna be later in the year right yeah yeah it's, don't don't assume the first three weeks you're going to see fireworks. It'll take him a little while to get into it, but also, hey, that's why you can get him this late, and that's kind of why I think that, in a weird, you know, my explanation way, why I think that he could be a league winner because of where he's going and 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 pretty much, you know, as long as you can stash him for a few weeks to figure out what he is, that's the type of guy I want. Because you know, like I said, you, you can't say Saquon because you might not even be able to get him. It's a very weak, you know league winner so i'm gonna go with my number three who is gonna be mark ingram actually made my list oh well you know i like that yeah i just think people are really just not excited about him he's they're down on him for some reason he's running back 23 right now which man to me it's he's going like what the fourth round i see on a fantasy football calculator right now so you're getting him as worst case, your second running back, but that's usually not okay. Even in this, how many times did you get Mark Ingram in those uh, the relegation league drafts we did? He's you're getting him late. It's more like a fifth round, I feel like, as your third running back. 
man, I think he's going to have a great season. I love Lamar Jackson. I love running backs with running quarterbacks. It just works out all the time. I feel like I think Mark Ingram's going to have a big season and he'll get, you know, if he doesn't, if he gets hurt, I almost say, I think justice Hill would be a massive pickup, just a huge pickup. He could be a true league winner. If like Mark Ingram got hurt, you know, guys not being drafted way down. He's the one who maybe could step up. I don't think it'd be Gus Edwards. I think it'd be justice Hill. Right. And, uh, and that's why I find this so difficult to talk about because I feel like so many times it is, uh, a trade that happens or an injury that opens up the lane and then a truly talented backup gets his shot. Yeah. Um, yeah and that's kind of why, obviously, I don't think Ingram will get hurt. Um, I really much like that, but that's why it's so difficult to predict these. But that's why I think he's so good, too, with a committee back. And for some reason, everyone is overlooking uh, him. And I feel like a lot of it is because of his age. They they hate the fact that he's an, you know he is an aging back. But at the same time, I just feel like too many people use that as a reason to discount him. Yeah, and it's something about Mark Ingram. People, I never, I don't think anyone's ever been in love with Mark Ingram as a as a running back in the NFL right now. You know, Sean Payton didn't love him. <laughs> this never seemed like right, he wanted exactly. the team. Exactly. And it feels like it's been that way in fantasy too. People just, you know, he's the guy to forget, and he because of it, he falls to you know fourth round, fifth round, and you get him as your second or third running back, and I think he's going to have a really big season. This is like. I feel like Mark Ingram's the perfect running back to get if you're going like zero running back strategy, getting the big wide receivers early. I think Mark Ingram's the perfect guy for that. So Mark Ingram, my number three. So what do you got at? Number two, once again, uh, it's a little anticlimactic, but once again, I, I'm looking at a guy that you can get for next to nothing on this number two that I think will at the midway season finally be the starter. It takes me a little bit of prediction wise. I, I worry about the team, but at the end of the day, I really think that you're going to have to find out who Devin Singletary is. And I think that he is the type of player that can be a league winner. Once again, when, when at the end of the year, he's going to have fresher, younger legs on, you know, somewhere he has to compete and he has to make a name for himself. So you don't have to worry about him checking out if they don't make the playoffs, which they won't. And I just think that uh, they're going to try to figure out this young core and with, with you know, Josh Allen and him and obviously all the different wide receivers that they have at the moment. I think that this guy could be that difference maker. I think that um, I think by the end, Gore and uh, McCoy, you know, I, I just don't think that they'll be playing there as much and heaven forbid an injury as well. But if we're talking about aging backs, both of them are definitely getting to uh, – to that point. And the worry is maybe McCoy wasn't washed up and maybe that team just could not block for him, which I think, you know, it's a little column a, a little column B last year for McCoy. But I, I, I watch him. And even though he, he didn't do anything spectacular yet in the preseason, like some of his counterparts did. Um, but you, you watch him make people miss. And when he's not getting a whole lot of blocking, I mean, he's spinning in in a crowd of people, and he's gaining you know two yards after that, and he's actually standing up. He he's kind of everything that they said he could be, as far as I've seen from the small amount. So I'm really excited to say, week eight, you know, they're gonna whatever Gore is he's done say, and they're just like we want to see what this kid can do. They throw him out there, and he just tries his best to run amok, 
And I really think that he's the type of player that you're looking for to say, all right, I can throw him on my bench. And once again, if it doesn't work out, you can always throw him back. But these two that I put here first, they might be their borderline waiver pickups. Don't get me wrong. But they're the kind that I believe can be league winners because you just don't see them coming. I like the single Singletary pick. I love drafting him because you I mean it's actually I've noticed too though as the as the preseason year's gone on, he's inched up further and further in these drafts. I used to be able to get him last round, way you know, way down there. And that he's I feel like he's been inching up further and further and further now for me. Yeah, with Every without a doubt time. too, because he, Running back, even though it's deeper than the past year, I feel there's a certain point where it just falls off a cliff, and you know, and Singletary just happens to be one of the guys late that you can get that has opportunity, and everyone is going to talk about Montgomery. He's going to go way too high, obviously, to be you know a league winner. I think you know, and then there's a few others that you could make a, a case for, but I think Singletary is the one that you forget about, even though he was technically he by a lot of people, it was ranked the second best running back coming out. So as long as uh, the Bills don't scare you off completely, um, he, he's definitely one of the guys you should watch for. So my number two, I, this is, I really have, I haven't talked about this guy pretty much at all. People might think I'm crazy, but I am picking Duke Johnson as a league winner. I think this is, I think he's extremely talented. I've always thought that. I just never thought he got a, a an opportunity in Cleveland. And you know what? I don't think Lamar Miller's any good. I don't think that's a surprise to you, Jeff, is it? <laughs> no, then no, I, I, I absolutely love this pick. I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see how far up he springboards, but I absolutely love it because I 100% agree with you. I mean, how many years have we been talking about Lamar Miller and how he shouldn't be a primary back? Right. And that's the only reason we liked Foreman. Foreman was fine, but we liked him more because he thought he could take over for Lamar Miller. And Duke Johnson, you know, okay, yards per carry, it's kind of hard to really, you know, judge it. Last year he had five yards carry, but he he's never really had like a lot of work. You know, it's hard to say, oh, five yards per carry. Look at that. You should do that. You'll do that. But no, that's not really truly what'll happen. But I think he's a really talented running back. If given an opportunity, why can't he succeed? Like I almost look at what Damian Williams did last year. So Damian Williams is, you know, didn't do much in Miami for years and finally gets a little bit of opportunity in Kansas City and shows what he could do. Duke Johnson, I feel, is better running back. I, I believe he's better than Damian Williams. I believe you put Duke Johnson in Damian Williams spot and Duke Johnson is just as good, if not better. And I think he will get that chance. I, I really think he's going to show that he's better than Lamar Miller. And the offense, I mean, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kiki QT, that's an offense you want to be in. Duke Johnson's going to be a really good player this year, and he's he's going to start moving up my my draft boards. Yeah, and I, I grabbed him in a bunch of our relegation leagues whenever I could. It, it's still kind of weird, like no one knows exactly where he's going to go. So, you know, you kind of have to make that distinction of, all right, now is the time to make a move on him. Um, but the thing I, I truly love about Duke Johnson as well, and it, it's the reason why, you know, uh, Cleveland wanted to hold on to him for as long as they can. But he, he's terrific out of the backfield as far as catching the ball. And I just feel like he is the perfect fit uh, for Houston, who obviously can do a lot of great things through the air. And especially when you have a, a quarterback that is mobile as well. You know, already, I mean, 
in 2017, 2018, he kind of got eclipsed, right? You have you had a lot of running backs in Cleveland, um, obviously between Chubb and Hyde, and then you know, um, so he his numbers got slashed a little bit. But the year before that, 2017, when he was number two, uh, he still only got 82 rushes, right? So if all of a sudden you're giving him 200 rushes, you know what could you possibly do with it? He turned 82 into four touchdowns, 348 yards, which was 4.2 yards per clip. You know, nothing to write home about, but not bad. And then, but on the other side of the ball, he caught 74 balls for nearly 700 yards and three touchdowns. This is where I think he can really gouge it, even if Lamar Miller isn't ready to step away, you know, the first half of the season. I think eventually Duke Johnson will be in a a split with him, where I think that uh, rushing the ball, but I think receiving... I think he's already better than Lamar Miller. And I lo- I know a lot of people out there love Lamar Miller. Um, but he he's just much younger too. And if you can throw him out there as another wide receiver and use him that way, especially with Wolf Will Fuller always going down, with Kiki QT going down uh last year, and they don't, you know, the tight end situation is just whatever. I, I think that he has a chance to be a huge receiver in that offense. And that's why I really, really love him, even if they're not ready to move away from Lamar Miller quite yet. I, I just, uh, yeah, this won't be right away either. This is a, this is a, as the season progresses kind of a thing and should be, I think it'll be good for Duke Johnson. So I guess we're to number one already. Who you have here, Jeff? Number one. And this one is not a, not a rookie and not someone that you can wait on, um, all the way, but I really believe that people are sleeping on Latavius Murray. Uh, we talked about him and he just hasn't, he hasn't raised in the rankings at all. I mean, to the point where a lot of the rookies, like even David Montgomery shot way ahead of him. I'm glad that Mark Ingram did. Um, But even Tevin Coleman is technically ranked ahead of him. Lamar Miller, um, you know, I I just think that stuff is unforgivable. Right now he's being drafted as a 33rd uh, running back. Um, I I have him ranked much higher. Um, Heaven forbid something happened to Elvin Kamara, but he would immediately you know, be a top 15 back. I mean, just by sheer numbers alone. But I I truly believe that this guy will hover around a top 20 running back and you can get him much lower in the draft than, you know, than a lot of these other guys that you would have to pick up like a Josh Jacobs or, a, you know, Sony Michelle or I mean, whoever you want to name really around that area. Um, and, and once again, it's completely backed up by the fact that where he's at, you know he's a physical back. You know he did relatively well everywhere he went, and he fits the offensive scheme that the Saints love to do so much. You know, Elvin Kamara, they don't want to overload him too much, so they're going to give this guy a ton of carries still, and they'll give him a sh- shot around the goal line. It's not going to just be Kamara all, all day, all day. And then you look at what Mark Ingram was able to do, just to reiterate, because I know I've talked about this before, but... Mark Ingram, when he played a full season, I mean, it was four years in a row that this guy was a f- top 15 back, if not if not better. So 15th, 15th, 10th, 6th. And then last year, he was still a top 30 with missing four games. So even if he's not as good as him, he could easily be a borderline running back two that you can get for, you know, in the mid rounds where really it's just, and me and Craig were talking about this, round seven, eight, nine. You know, absolutely, there's not a whole lot there. It's kind of a weird part of the snake draft. Um, 
you know, Latavius Murray could be taken right before that or or hopefully like around the seventh or something like that. And I just think that he is going to be a huge, huge piece to a, a team that wants to win. If he takes over that Mark Ingram role fully, he's going to be good. He doesn't even, he, I mean, I think he's a fairly talented running back. He's not, he's maybe, I would even say he's slightly above average, right? He's not, he's not great. He, I wouldn't even know if he's, he's just, he's slightly above average, which in that offense is good enough to make you a very valuable player, I think. And they do not want to use Alvin Kamara, you know, for as many touches as some of these other top running backs get. They just, they don't want to use him that way. They've shown that. He's actually never done it in his entire career, college, pros. He's never shown that he can get a large amount of touches. You know, why would that change now? It, it won't, right? There's no way. Right. A pretty good track record of yeah, what and he can I, do. I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm not saying that he is an amazing, you know, amazing football player. He should be talked about with the top 10 running backs. He, he shouldn't. And I, But the thing is, he just fits so, so well. And his physical uh, attributes... Are, are the big part here where, you know, he just runs downhill. He's very, very strong. You can use him in different ways than Elvin Kamara. And, you know, you can use him in order to beat him up when you don't want to put Kamara in that harm's way. And, and once again, I just looked it up just to make sure, but right now uh, Latavius Murray is being drafted 80, 80th overall. So that is right around, you know, you probably have to get him in the seventh round. But seventh, eighth round is where you can grab this guy. And those are really the dead zones in snake drafts, especially if you're in a snake draft. I think this is a, a no-brainer pick. I got a, you know, a, a pretty good um, tip if you're in a snake draft is stop doing that snake draft and turn it <laughs> into an auction. <laughs> I mean, and I guess we just did 25 snake drafts for our relegation league. Yeah, it is an easier thing to do. It's, it's you know, more t- convenient, but it's still, I don't enjoy snake drafts. Don't do it. I just don't enjoy it. Do you? Just... Uh, I mean, I mean, of course, I enjoy every part of fantasy football, but I enjoy auctions way more. But I'm so glad we didn't have to. Do that. Can you imagine doing there's so much longer? Can you imagine doing like that many auction drafts? Uh, we would have been up all night, every night. And yeah, also, everyone that's listening that is in those leagues, thanks for, you know, it was a great turnout. We have 25 full leagues for our relegation league. 25 leagues. That's 300 teams. It's insane. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I don't know. I think we drafted interestingly in a few of them. Yeah, well, it is amazing. I'll, have, I'll say this. Everyone has their own, their own kind of, you know, picking who they like and everything like that. But when you draft with people who are at least in the general same mindset as I think that a lot of the listeners are, it makes the draft so much harder. <laughs> because I don't feel like anyone is drafting bad players or reaching, you know, obnoxiously for one guy. Um, I just saw a lot of good drafting where it made me change who I usually grab, who I want to grab. And I saw a couple teams out there where I was like, wow, they just, they outdrafted me. Good for them. They, they did it. And it's actually cool. We have a lot of uh, group chats going on and in, um, Instagram right now with the different leagues. So it's cool to see the interaction and it should be some fun leagues. So can't wait to, get going with that but all right i guess you talk about my number one number one to finish it off so i guess people might have thought there could be a couple names here maybe somebody thought i'd put aaron jones because apparently i am not like the aaron jones guy i don't know it it happened somehow i'm the aaron jones guy people might have expected miles sanders 
I didn't put him. Miles Sanders has increased a lot. Yeah, I thought that's who you would say. No, he he actually was originally on my my initial list, but he's I'm looking at fantasy football calculator and he's going in the fifth round now. That's um, no, that's I liked where I was getting him, you know, later on, like the eighth round at one point, and he can he can turn around and be a good player later in the year. And I still believe that'll happen, but you're almost paying for it now. It's I don't I don't like that. And like Aaron Jones, I love Aaron Jones, but I don't necessarily think you're getting a deal on him. You know, he goes at the end of the second, beginning of the third. That's a good spot for him. That's probably where he should be because he hasn't fully done it yet. So I, it's hard for me to pick him as a league winner where he's going right now. I I still believe in him quite a bit, but I'm going to go with a guy who, I mean, he's been the most talented running back for the last two years, the best running back for the last two years. I'm going and, Todd Gurley. I was going to say, and as soon as you said it wasn't Miles Sanders, I was like, he's going for the, the second I, round. The I'm second round it. stud. It's, it's okay. Right now, I have, I have a little condition on this thing almost. So Todd Gurley right now on Fantasy Football Calculator is going 11th. And on um, actually Fantasy Pros, he's up to 8th on ADP. Man, it's what this is, is second round Todd Gurley is a league winner. And he's still going to the second round in a lot of leagues. If you can get Todd Gurley beginning of the second round, I think you're going to win your league. It's Okay, I'm not going to say even though we call this episode league winners, it's more of this puts you in the playoffs, right? Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah. Without it, a doubt. I mean, it, I, I shouldn't say without a doubt, get, but it's, it's a toss up. Once you get to the playoffs, playoffs are a toss up. Right. And they, you know, basically you're getting a, one of the most talented players that we've seen in the past five years. And then you're also pairing him with another unbelievable player. So you just have an automatic advantage as long as he doesn't get hurt, which for some well, reason okay. people are banking on. So and I get it. I get it. The arthritis, the knee, I, I get it. It's, it's a worry is his touches aren't going to be as much probably, but this isn't just like a thing where this is a, can, this is going to probably derail his career a little earlier than it should. He's not going to be, you know, playing into his thirties, but it's not going to stop him this year. He, the touches will be a little less. But he's still Todd Gurley. He's been the best running back for two years. I don't see that changing. You get him in the beginning of the second round, you are in a great position. So right now he's going after James Conner. Why doesn't James Conner have these? Why aren't you worried about James Conner? He's he got hurt. He was hurt last year. He's only been the back for one season, not even the full season. Jalen Samuels showed that he could go in there and play just as well. Why is James Conner such a better bet than Todd Gurley? I don't think he is. I would take Todd Gurley all day over James Conner. I'm not saying James Conner's a bad pick, but I'm picking Todd Gurley all day long over James Conner. Yeah, me as well. And even, okay, Le'Veon Bell. There's question marks there. He hasn't played for a full year. He's on the Jets now. There, there's some questions, but it's just automatically going ahead against ahead of Todd Gurley right now. And man, I've heard a lot of, a lot of people just like legitimate fantasy football experts on different podcasts, different shows that are just down on Gurley and just think he's not going to just, you're going to be disappointed. I actually heard it on a podcast today. I was listening to the Harris football podcast and Eric Carabell, you know, from ESPN's on the show. And he says, he thinks people are going to be 
their hearts are going to be broken by Gurley this year. I just well, don't see it. it. I mean, no, I don't either. But I, I do get where they're coming from because you're just assuming he's going to be drafted in the first round. So you're you're wasting that number one pick on someone they're assuming is going to get hurt. And if that does happen, you know, egg on our face and, and they're correct. But I feel like you're um, they're connecting dots that aren't quite there. I, I understand, you know, where they're coming from with the knee and everything. But, I mean, really, if it wasn't, once again, if it, if they didn't make the playoffs, if that team didn't make the playoffs somehow, and, you know, you didn't watch him get held back for the final two games, this wouldn't even been a question. He'd be the clear-cut number one all day, every day. I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile risk, right? I think it's a worthwhile risk to draft him. And I like your, even though I know it's kind of like in, in quotations, but I really do like the, the second round Todd Gurley, because that means you are getting a deal on him. Because like we said, you know, Saquon Barkley, like that was, you know, if you want to throw him out there, you're like, yeah, I guess he's a, he's an amazing player. He could be a, a league winner with Todd Gurley taking the risk on him because we did hear the thing about his knee. And then taking him in the second round when you already have another player there. I think you, you really, not that you can't go wrong. It could blow up in your face, but I, I don't think it derails your whole team for the entire year. No, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it does either. But all right, I think that's going to do it for league winners. We'll be back tomorrow with some trending up, trending down players, which, you know, there's a couple of those that could, I guess, qualify in today's show. So, all right, that'll do it. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.